Well, so dearly beloved, we are gathered together in the sight of God and these good people for episode three of our four-part series called Pray. And if you're new with us, what we kind of like to do is to take a text or a character or a book of the Bible, a topic, and we talk about it for several weeks. And then after that, we talk about something else. We keep changing it up. So in the last little while, we've been talking about four prayers uh, written by the Apostle Paul. We're adding those prayers that he prayed into our own prayer life because the truth is that so many people, they say to themselves, I want to pray more frequently. I want to be more passionate and faithful in my prayer. And then they're faced with a reality that we come across. Many of the times people say, but I just, I have no idea what to pray for. So we're learning four new things to uh, add from the Apostle Paul. He's going to instruct us, and so we've been moving forward. Episode one, we learned um, to pray for power so that Christ may dwell within you. Episode two, we committed to, uh, to say that we would be active in sharing our faith so that we could all have a full understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ. And today we're going to look at a prayer the Apostle Paul prayed that is very, very similar to a prayer that Jesus prayed. So if, if Paul prayed it because Jesus prayed it, well then I certainly want to pray this kind of prayer as well. So the content of this prayer that we're going to look at today revolves around the idea of unity. Unity in the family of God. Unity in the body of Christ. Because let's be honest, unfortunately, Today, in this world, Christians are not always the most unified people. How many of you uh, would agree that you've had experience where Christians are not all that unified? That's the way it is. Stories come up, right? And so we've had this. Into One has a weird name. People don't get it right away. And so they say, oh, is that two for one or one in two? Or was that in zone? Or we even had in zone A. Maybe it's three in one and it was just a misprint. And I'm sure that there must be a story behind it, but I'm not going to ask. You ask, right? <laughs> With a weird name like that, they must just be a bunch of weirdos. So I got asked at a community event that we have, Strawberry Festival, I got asked to preach there. And after I finished preaching, a group of people, not a mob, people came individually and they came up to meet me at the end and they said, we're so glad that you're not a cult. Um, thanks, I, I guess. And so right there in front of me, I've got someone who is illustrating so perfectly how tragic it is that the body of Christ can be so divided. And I would argue that uh, we, one, of the, uh, one of the greatest schemes that our spiritual enemy has is to divide the body of Christ. Why? Because if we are united, we are unstoppable in what we can do on earth for the glory of God. But if we are divided, we are diluted and diluted, and we are weak. We are ineffective in the way that God would want to use us. We're holding ourselves out. So today I want to dive into a prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed that really addresses this important theme of the family of God being unified so that we would glorify God. That's what Paul prayed. And so we're going to look at that. Romans chapter 15, starting at verse 5. May the God who gives you endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had. 
Would you treat others the way that Jesus would treat you? Would you think about each other the way that Jesus thought about you? Would you love each other like Jesus loves you? I want you to have the same attitude of mind. This is Paul's prayer toward each other that Christ Jesus had. And why? Why was this such a big deal? So say it with me, okay? We're going to put it up. Even if you're at home at church online, even if you're here into one on Main Street, uh, with, with one voice, with one mind, verse 6, let's try and say this. So that, with one mind, with one voice, you may glorify God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he goes on in verse 7, and, and we'll come back to this verse. He says, accept one another. Then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. If you want to glorify God. If you want to praise God. Then we treat each other as Christ loves us. We accept each other as Christ accepted and loved us. This is the prayer of Paul so that we would glorify God, right? So that is what we're emphasizing here. And if you have hung around it into one for any length of time, you will hear the similarities between this prayer from Paul and a prayer from Jesus. And I want to read this one to you as well. And this one comes from uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 17, starting at verse 20. He says, I pray also for those who would believe in me through their message, Verse 21, that all of them may be one. 23, so that they may be brought to complete unity. May they all be one. This is the very spot that birthed that vision for into one. So we're going to read the same verse in another translation called the World English Bible. And it says, starting at verse 23 again, I and them and you and me, that they may be perfected into one. That we, as the family of God, we would be unified. That we would be growing into one, formed into one, shaped, designed, sculpted into one. Then, as it continues, this is so good. Then the world will know that you uh, sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Jesus prayed this and it has become into one's mission to grow to be an answer to the prayer of Jesus himself. We are praying for unity. Paul prayed for unity. Jesus prayed for unity. And why? Why do we keep doing this? So that God would be glorified and that the world would know that God sent Jesus to reach a broken world. To reach out into this world because of his outreaching love and not because of a sense of condemnation. God came to earth as a human in Jesus, and he came to break down barriers, and he came to open doors. May we be unified. What are we praying for as a church? Well, we're praying for spiritual power, right? We're praying that we will all be active in sharing our faith, and today we're going to add one more item to our consistent ongoing prayer life. This is the part of what we as uh, followers of Jesus are going to pray for. So for the rest of our life, I hope that you're going to be praying for unity in the body of Christ. And again, so we say, why? So that. So that we could glorify God and so that the world would know that God sent Jesus because of his great love. 
And why is that so important to God? Why does he think that's a big deal? Well, as I'm getting older, uh, I'm a parent of three kids, three boys, three young men. I really understand what it's like, or I'm growing to understand why the Heavenly Father might have had this value of unity so much. One of the things that Cheryl and I, uh, we find our greatest joy in is when our children are loving to one another. It's amazing to watch that. And I'm telling you, growing up, right, that wasn't always the case. There was not always a lot of love in the back seat of the car, if you know what I'm talking about. Our kids could get along anywhere, and they're fantastic. They really are. But you put them all in one vehicle, and you shut the doors, and you go on this road trip, it's not always the happiest place. And I found myself saying things that I thought I would never say. Maybe you know what this is like. Don't make me pull this car over, right? Or I will pull this car over if you don't stop. And I'd find myself doing this, caught into this. Why is it that so often in the body of Christ we fight? Tragically, I think it's because uh, we, we think that the Christians down the street, whatever way the street goes, we think that they're our enemy. And it's only when we recognize that we have a common enemy that we become united. We need to recognize that we have an enemy whose mission is to steal, to kill, and destroy. And he will deceive, and he will accuse, and he will attack to steal the unity of the family of God, to kill the power that that unity brings, to destroy the credibility of the local church, and to destroy the credibility of the individual Christian that stands up for Jesus Christ. When we recognize those tactics, and we decide that instead we're going to stand together, we can do infinitely more for the glory of God than we can apart. And that's why we pray. We pray that we will be unified so that God can be glorified and that the world will know that he sent Jesus. So I want to give you three different reasons why we pray. So when we, the, why we focus on praying to be unified. And the first reason, you know, if you're taking notes, um, because we desperately need each other. Paul explained it this way. He goes uh, on in another place in Romans. Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 4, he says, Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, verse 5, so it is with Christ's body. In other words, the hand is not the ear. The ear is not the foot. And the foot is not the esophagus. We all have separate parts, and they all work together. They have a special function. And without one, we are incomplete. So he continues, we, and that means Jesus' followers here, we are many parts of one body. <clears throat> this is the body of Christ. We all, what? Okay, again, let's say it aloud. We all belong to each other. We are part of a broader family. And we are different, and this is by Design, not by accident. We need to understand this about unity. That unity is not uniformity. Unity is not and never will be uniformity. We have strength in our differences. It's our differences that give us the ability to connect and meet and reach many different kinds of people. It's also our differences that complement each other as we work. So we absolutely cannot survive and all be the same. Don't identify yourself by what you are not. 
Don't identify yourself by what you are against. Who cares what you're not like? Just be what you are. Be exactly what and who you are. Be known for what you are for. There are people out there who need us. And let me tell you this. There are different people out there, and we need them. We need perspective. We need to pray, and we need to to be aware. When When we recognize that we have an enemy who was attacking our own, well, all of a sudden, we recognize that we're part of a bigger family. We're, we're part of a family with the followers of Jesus in Uganda. We're, we're part of a family with followers of Jesus in Nepal, followers of Jesus all over Europe and all over South America. And I'm talking about from all over the world, from every nation, every tribe, every tongue. They are men. They are women. They are children. Some are rich. Most are poor. They speak every different language that you can imagine from every different ethnic background possible from more denominations than you can even name. Yet, we all worship one name, and that is the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Sanctifier, our Healer, and our soon-coming King. We need each other, and therefore we pray. We don't just hope. We don't thoughts and prayers. We don't just wish. We don't do nothing about it. We pray. We pray for power because we need power. We pray to be active in sharing our faith so that we will have a full understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ. We pray for unity in the family of God so that God will be glorified and that the world would know that God the Father sent Jesus, his son. Why do we do this? Why do we keep focusing on that? We do this because we desperately truly need each other. The second thing, the second reason is that uh, because the world will see God's love. When we are unified, the family of Christ, the family of God, the world will see demonstrated. It will see active, passionate love, the love of Jesus and the love of Jesus's family. In Romans 15, 7, the verse that we mentioned earlier, Paul, in this, he said, uh, accept one another just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Accept one another just as Jesus accepted you. Honestly, that's a really big ask in this world. This direction, though, precedes all of the movements, all of the campaigns, all of the rallies, riots, and marches. The level of acceptance to be, is to be a beacon in a cloudy, confused, and disillusioned world. And as we live like this, they will know that we follow Jesus because we will be known for what it was that he was known for. The world will know that we are Christians because we behave like Jesus. When we lead with love, when we treat all people with dignity and respect, When from any angle we can be seen to be loving and accepting, that will bring attention and praise to God. And this is an enormous challenge. There is a Greek word. It's a big, big word. Honestly, it describes this, but I can't say it. All right? But trust me, it's a picturesque word. It's a beautiful word. But it comes with this, uh, carries with the the imagery that when you accept someone, that you receive them in your, in your open arms and that you embrace them. 
And, and the word, it doesn't stop there. The meaning goes on. The, the, it carries on. The next step after the embrace, there is the idea of walking hand in hand with a brother or sister. So when you accept somebody just like Christ accepted you, and how did Christ accept us? While we were still sinners, Christ accepted. Before we agreed, before we were perfect, which we still aren't, before we had everything together, he accepted us. And that's what we do to the other followers of Jesus. You may be different. You may have different focus. You might have different emphasis, different style. We accept one another and walk hand in hand and embrace one another. When we do this, then our reputation is going to change. And our reputation needs to change. Instead of the body of Christ, the, the church and Christians being known for what we're against. Oh, they're against that. Oh, trust me, they, they don't like that. They'll be against you if you do that. Instead of being known for what we're against, then by the grace of God, we will be known for what we are for. And we are for healthy relationships, and we're for families, and we're for uh, families and people experiencing the grace and the love of Jesus. And Jesus couldn't have made it any more clear when he was describing this in John 13, 34. We looked at this a couple of weeks ago, but again, a new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Verse 35, so helpful. By what? By this. So, okay, notice what he didn't say here, okay? He didn't say, um, by your right doctrine, right? He doesn't say by your correct denominational preference, by your music style, by the reading of the correct version of the Bible, by this, by the way that you love each other. And this is so powerful here, because you might just miss this. You might have heard it before and just go right on without it. By the way you love one another, is what the by this is here. Verse 35, by this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. There is only one description of how the world will know that we follow Jesus in all of the scripture. You know what it is? If you love one another. If you love one another, they will know. And that's why we pray. We believe God hears and answers our prayers. We believe that our prayers matter. We believe if we humble ourselves and we pray and we seek his face, that God hears our prayers and he answers. We don't pray small, general prayers. No, we're learning to pray big, specific, faith-filled, passionate prayers. It takes faith to pray for a very divided church, the big church, the worldwide church, the church capital C that God would unify his church and that we would stand together. We pray for unity because we need each other. We pray for this because the world will see that God's love is real when we are unified. Third thing, because we can do infinitely more together. And we believe that the Holy Spirit-empowered local church is the hope of the world. That's how God has chosen to work. And we can do infinitely more together than we can apart. And quite honestly, we, we want to do everything that we can to demonstrate and to build unity. We want to be moving towards working with and supporting other churches, nationally, locally, internationally. 
This was the heartbeat. This was the attitude uh, that, that made the first century church come to life. It just made them thrive. It made them bubble. Think about it. What, they, they didn't just have a recently renovated, accessible building. They didn't have a television ministry or fundraisers or special campaigns. What did they have against them? They had the entire Jewish nation and the temple system against them. They had the Roman Empire and all the legions against them. Massive persecution. People weren't just tweeting things about pastors. They were, they were taking the lives in droves of people who said, we believe Jesus was raised from the dead. And somehow this little uneducated first century but passionate group of Jesus followers spread the gospel all over the world. They were known throughout their community. We, we, we might not believe like they believe, right? But oh dear God, look at them. Look at the way they reach out to each other. Look at the way they care for each other. And beyond that, look at the way they cared for us too. Look at the way they stand together. Look at the way that they are united. Honestly, watching that, it's something that I don't think I've ever seen. And I know it's something that I've rarely ever had a part to even live in my own life. Look at the way Dr. Luke describes it in Acts. All the believers were one in heart and mind. What does that mean? They were unified. They were all one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything that they had. Let's just pause there for a second. That's crazy love, right? More, more even than the Van Morrison song. Love, 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 crazy love. That's next level. That's kind of, I don't get it, love. That's the kind of commitment to the family of Jesus, unlike I've, I rarely ever see it hurt, hurt in the world. And again, it's not something that I think I've ever really lived myself for very long. But acts, uh, Luke describes it, uh, what they did. He said that people love God so much that they, they, they essentially took their possessions, extra stuff that they had, and they basically sold it. And they took the money and they gave it to the church. They gave it to the leaders and they say, you just go put it where it needs to go. You disperse it. Put it where it will help somebody. So if, if they had a need, they'd just give it to whoever was in need. And that was the result of this uncommon kind of love. What, what did that look like? How did that change them? Verse 33, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them, all of them, 34, that there was no needy persons among them. See the power in that kind of unity? Every need was met by God through the family of God when they didn't see themselves as individual Christians, but they saw themselves as a family, as a body that needs each other, that wants to demonstrate the love of God, that recognizes that when they love each other, just think, just think about what the skeptics would, would say. Think about this. If, if we acted like this, um, what would people say? You know, I don't, I don't know about that whole Jesus thing that they keep going on about and that whole um, coming back from the dead thing. That seems really hard. But I, I don't know about that. I don't know about their theology kind of stuff. But oh man, do, do you see how Christians treat people? How loving they are? Do you see how they forgive one another? Do you see how they take care of their own and, and how generous they are with us even though we don't believe the same as they do? Don't you want to live in a world where you're treated with that kind of value? I'm going to argue all day long that this world is sick 
and tired of hearing about the love of Jesus and not seeing it. They want to see it. They need to see it. And they, they want to watch it. They want to drink it in. And, and how will they see it? They'll see it when we love one another. And that's why we pray. We pray that this is, not, this is not a benefits me kind of prayer, right? This is a prayer for the family of God. So we as a church, we pray. We pray for power. We pray that we'll be active in sharing our faith. We pray for unity in the family of God so that God will be glorified and that people will know that God sent Jesus. And if that would happen, if that came to pass, what would that be like? Dream. Just for a second, just dream about what that could be like. Billions of believers, every city, every village, every tribe, every nation of the world. If we stood together and said, what we have exists for the glory of God, what do you think we could do together? Starvation could be eliminated around the world. Every person could have clean drinking water that does not have access to it today. Poverty could be eradicated. Everyone with a medical need, that need could be met. All of the world's orphans could be in caring, loving families. And every person alive could have heard about the love of Jesus. And then, then we could take a break, right? We could take this little break and gather together to worship our Savior because we are one body under one name, serving one God with one purpose to bring his love and his grace into this world, to breathe life into the kingdom of God. And I believe that this is possible. I believe that if we continue to move and the church continues to pray, that we church stands together, we don't take shots at each other, but we believe that God has called us to be part of his family, a higher calling with a higher purpose to serve our God most high. Father, may we be united. May we grow into one, that you would be glorified and the world would know that you sent Jesus I ask God by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would lead our church to be a church who prays. That God, we would not wake up and, and just have no idea what to pray for today. We pray for power. We need your spiritual power. We need your power that Christ may dwell within us. We need your power to know how much you love us, to glorify you in all that we do. God, we pray that we will be active in sharing our faith, that people will come to know you and we could have a full understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ. And Father, I pray that we would also continue to pray for unity. I believe, uh, re reflecting the, the, the heart of Paul, the, the heart of Jesus, this is something that we as the family of God should consistently pray for. Father, thank you. Thank you, you're speaking to the hearts of Jesus' followers and showing us the importance to not only pray for unity, but to live unified. And God, God, we cannot help um, what other people do. We can't control what other people say and they do, but God, give us the opportunity to lead the way in showing 
unity. God, help us to assume the best and to do whatever we can to bring, to do our part to bring about help to the believers around the world. We especially pray for those who are being persecuted right now and those whose lives are in danger. God, we pray that by any means possible, you would protect them. God, for those who uh, lose their lives for the name of Jesus, we recognize those as our brothers and our sisters. God, we, we know that you count them as heroes in the kingdom. God, as your, as your family, we would not <laughs> sit by and do nothing. We will pray and believe that prayer is powerful and to do whatever else it is that we can do within our power to make a difference because you are guiding us into becoming the family and body of Christ. We know you've called us to stand together. God, may the world see your love in your church and pray that we would pray that you would draw people to yourself, Jesus. You said that... uh, if we lift you up, that you would draw all people to yourself. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to put the focus back on you. Eyes up on Jesus. Speak to us today that you might speak through us later. Help us to see as you see so that we can do as you say. Because when we just try to do as you say, sometimes it seems really hard. So first, help us to see as you see. So that we might do as you say. Draw people to yourself, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.